Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Tonight, I actually want to continue a word I began this morning on the life of Moses, the early part of Moses' life. And um, it actually says in Hebrews 11.23, in this like hall of fame that's got battles. Who likes battles? I'm all into war. You know what I'm saying? Not really into war, but it interests me from a historic perspective, uh, a strategic perspective maybe. Um, But in months, you know, wars and splitting of the Red Sea and these amazing acts of faith, you've got this very, very domestic scripture that says that Moses' parents in agreement, it's so interesting, it's mentioned three times in scripture. One favours the father, that's Stephen's speech to the Sanhedrin. One favours the mother in Exodus. But the one in Hebrews says they came together in agreement. Who knows there's power in agreement, right? When we stand together and they said together, we're going to hide this boy. Uh, it was a terrible, terrible time. The Pharaoh had said these Egyptians, these, these Israelites rather, are just growing too numerous. They're in slavery, but got this, there's a favour of God on them and I want to snuff them out. So every baby boy, when they're born, will be tossed into the Nile as crocodile fodder, um, which sounds sort of funny, but it's actually really cruel and it's a genocide against a, a group of people. And of course, Moses' mother, it says, um, says that she saw he's no ordinary child, you know, and, and we said that when you look back at Exodus chapter 2 verse 2, the word used is, in one translation, he's fine. And it's actually the same word, it's tov or tov, <laughs> which means good. It's the goodness of God. She could see that this child had the hand of God on his life. It's the same word when God's goodness chases us down in Psalm 23, it is tov. When Joseph says what they meant for evil, God used for Tov, good, right? And where and, and there's so many when, when God looks at creation, it is Tov. It is good, right? And so she got her faith gear on and she said, I can see God is doing something in the life of this child and not on my watch, Pharaoh. Not on my watch. I will hide the baby. I will conceal the baby. And I ask you the question for a generation, for those on the margins, will you see them like the world sees them as expendable? Will you see Noongar-speaking people as just, oh, it's just another language? Or will we look with the eyes of faith and say, it's no ordinary thing. It is tov, it is good. It is the goodness of God in the world that the Bible is being translated to Noongar. Birthday in a box. It's the goodness of God in the world saying to a child, you, you're in a world of negativity and pain. We wanna remind you that there is still good in the world, that God is moving and maybe that is the entry point to their little heart opening to what God wants to do. Well, I wanna continue um, and I wanna keep my time short because I've got some brilliant people to interview tonight. Um, but God applauds her faith because she, she and he, the father and the mother, became the buffer between a tide of evil and his destiny. And God says, well done, Jochebed, his mum and his dad. Well done, well done, well done. It's just as good as, in fact, more so than even defeating a foreign army, than splitting a Red Sea. Like it's right up there because it is done by faith. And we said, faith is not about the magnitude of a thing. Faith is about the motivation. Will I believe God and trust God at work, at school, in my miracle missions offering? Will I be like Abel and in my heart, believe to bring God what He's spoken to me about or am I just going to bring an offering? By faith, I want to bring. So I want to go on in the story, Exodus 2. 
and I'll read fast. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, Tov, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, when the plan reached its logical end. You know, some things in God were good for a time. Some things in God are great for that season. But the Holy Spirit's saying there is something new. There is a new strategy. There is a new chapter. You know, Pastor Brad preached a killer word last week. And the strategy was, Abraham, bring your son, your only son. If Abraham hadn't had his ears open to the next part of the strategy, who knows, it could have been pretty drastic. We've got to have our ears open to what God's doing on the earth. Don't look at the images on the news right now and go, it's a disaster. It's the end of the world. Actually have your Holy Spirit antenna up and go, God, what are you doing? Who have you got there? What are you doing on the earth? Because I promise you God's moving at all times and all seasons, right? And so um, he was a fine child. She got, uh, so, but when she could not hide him any longer, and that's a hard feat to do for three months even, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket in the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. How strategic is God that she found him? She was moved. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yeah, sure. Well done, Miriam. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, uh, sorry, uh, yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said, take this baby and nurse him and I'll pay you. That's the first Centrelink payment in the world. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Took the baby, nursed him. When the child grew old, you can imagine as she nursed him, you're called, you've got destiny. You are not an Egyptian. You're a Hebrew. You've got the call of God in your life, you know, right? Just destiny prophesied and she named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. It was a terrible time. Terrible times don't mean that God's not working. Please, if you take anything away from tonight, do not write an era, a generation, a time in history off because it's bad. You know, we, we, we may be tempted to think, wow, what we're living through, you know, wars and rumours of war. And I do think we are approaching the end of the end. There's no doubt about it. I have that sense in me. And nobody knows the hour of the day, by the way. And one of the greatest indications that Jesus is coming is that um, every tribe and tongue will hear His name preached and then the end will come. So if we're praying for Lord Jesus to come, we better get out there and do mission because that is the indication that He's coming, right? When this concealing of the baby, when the hiding of the baby finished, when it reached the end of its fruitful season, when the Holy Spirit stopped breathing on that strategy, she builds a basket. She didn't complain about its limitations. She didn't complain or despise the oppression and give up. She took what she had. What have you got in your life? What has God given you? She had papyrus. She was a slave. She didn't have much. She had papyrus. She had tar. She had pitch. She had a a thing to boil it up in. And she made a basket. She made an ark because that's what the Word is. She made an ark. She made a vehicle of salvation for her baby boy. She didn't know how, probably. She probably never made one before. She didn't know the final outcome. 
She went by faith. She, she did not know what was at the other end of that ark floating down the river, right? All she knew is this strategy has reached the conclusion. God has another one. And in faith, I will move to the next Holy Spirit strategy. In faith, I will now go from concealing and hiding the baby to building an ark, building an ark. You've got to go from hiding the baby to building an ark of salvation. Verse two, uh, chapter two, verse three, she, the papyrus basket, Tiva, it's an ark to preserve life. Do you know God always has a creative plan to preserve life? I am sure, I don't even need to know the facts. I am sure that on the other end of the U- Ukrainian exodus in Poland or wherever people find them, that God has a creative plan for those people. We may even be a part of it at some point. We, we just don't know. But all I know is I know my God. And just like Abraham and Sarah had a reference point that He resurrected their old bodies, I have a reference point that God is creative, that God doesn't leave people stuck, that God is moving at all times in history. And there's another development. When the option finishes, she goes to the next option. And then the next option, because God is always moving and God is always active and she acted in faith. And because she built it, God responded to her faith. And she built the ark. And this this just happened to be Pharaoh's daughter whose heart was moved, whose maternal instincts were moved. And God uses everything, maternal instincts, finance, papyrus, tar. He'll use the lot. If you'll give it to Him in faith, if you like Abel will bring an offering by faith, God will use it because faith is the variable here. And the question is tonight, will you build an ark? She built an ark, she hid the baby and she built an ark. Will you hide the baby? Will you be the buffer between a generation and its destruction and the destiny that God has for it? And will you build an ark? Will you build an ark for your family and friends for a generation? Uh, The other option to building an ark is just to abandon a generation, to abandon a situation, to go, it's just all too hard. It's too hard. It's too, it's evident. It's dark days. I'm too COVID affected. It's pandemic. I'm, I'm fogging myself. Or will you build an ark? Can I just say, it may not be perfect. Her ark probably wasn't perfect. It was temporary. It was not like a Noah's ark, all designed and dimensions and stuff. It was just probably messy. It was flimsy. It was risky because sometimes faith is risky and sometimes you don't know the outcome. Most times you don't. You don't know what's on the other side of the ark. But ultimately, the ark worked because she had a trust in God that He would be on the other side of what she built. Can I just say, missions in our house is like an ark. Missions in our house, these initiatives, birthday in a box, Noonga Bible, um, reaching into Central Asia, they are an ark. They are an ark for a generation, initiatives, and we're trusting that God, You are on the other side of this ark and You are moving. Can I just say, COVID has deeply impacted young people. And I, I honestly, to observe things, things, have changed, indelibly changed. Things have changed. I used to be in schools as a high school teacher and it looks different on the other end of this pandemic. Um, But I truly believe that when we feel helpless and perplexed, God is saying, will you build an ark? 
because there's a plan for a generation. You know, I, I want to I look at two things tonight that I truly, with all my heart, believe are an ark, that as we give, as we build an ark with our finances, as we carve off, and it may not be perfect, and it may be your first time giving into this, and you may be doing it with a shaky hand going, I don't know, God, I don't know what I can trust here. Maybe for you, it's a stepping out. I believe with all my heart, this ark that we are building, this stepping out in faith is having kingdom results in the lives of people because God is on the other side of faith. So I wanna look firstly at birthday in a box and then I'm actually gonna get a bunch of chaplains up and you're gonna hear from them and they're amazing and what they're doing in their schools is incredible. So if you haven't heard, birthday in a box is um, a project that has come out of the heart of our church. It's specifically ours and I'm so proud of it um, because it goes to children on the margins of our society. Do you know um, one in six Australian children experience some form of poverty? I just think that is staggering, don't you? I just like, in my nation, on my watch, that that would happen. Um, but there are children living in, in, in dire circumstances in residential care that need to know that goodness still exists. That Tov, God's goodness still exists in the world, right? And so we place this box in their hand through different agencies and it is a sign and a wonder in their little lives that good is still there and we trust that on the other side of that ark, God is gonna plant people in their lives to tell them. We pray over these boxes. We believe for miracles. There's no indication of faith and, and Bibles or anything like that. It's like the ark. It is a work of faith that we trust God's on the other side of. Um, can I introduce you to our chaplains? Okay, I'm coming closer. So good. Now, I, I just want to make it clear. So um, we've got Nick Kreef, amazing. Jai Brander. Now these two, these two are chaplains, right? Um, and Alyssa Moore, um, she is actually a student welfare officer, but also a specialist. I, I really, I don't say that lightly or tongue in cheek, like she really is. She's just got the heart of a generation. So Liz, um, I wanna start with you. Um, obviously we're observing the impact that the pandemic has had on young people, but you see it firsthand, you know the stats. How is it impacting young people? So I work in a local high school and I've been youth pastor here now for seven years. Um, but um, it's, it really has been um, just crazy to see the impact. I'd, w there's a widely held thought that we're not gonna see the full impact, be able to study it and put measure to it for quite a few years because you know it takes a while in a young person. But already you can really see um, the statistic at the moment is there's 74% of young people have been negatively impact, impacted in their mental health by COVID, by what's happened, that young people have experienced loneliness on a scale that they haven't experienced it yet, that they've experienced um, lack of motivation like they've never experienced lack of motivation before, and also seen a real um, drop in um, their respect of authority and their ability to um, respond to and listen to authority. And so it's just so many ways that it's affecting young people, so many, um, so many things that have had its toll in young people and you really can see uh, the impact in, in high schools and in the schools where the boys and I work, you can really see the impact from primary school to high school of just how it, the toll it's taken on the inside, the toll it's taken on their internal world and, um, and just the weight that they carry now 
um, in it all. So, um, yes, you really can see an impact. Totally. With young people. And you would deal with it day to day as a student welfare officer. Yes. You'd have young people in your office and would have noticed a spike and an increase in what's going on. Chaplaincy is a specialised kind of ministry. Yes. And um, it's not always obvious, I think, to a church that this is actually an arc mm. in a school because mm-hmm. you can't necessarily always speak about Jesus directly. There's yes. some instances where that's yes. appropriate, but as chaplains, we're so clear about what the boundaries are. Like, why though is this specialised ministry so essential at a time like this? Now more than ever, chaplains are the answer because it is so hard to get young people into a church. It's so hard to get young. It's, it's still happening, but it's much harder. To have someone who knows the heart of Jesus, to have a spirit-filled, praying person in a school that young people can come to, now more than ever is such an answer to see young people catch the heart of Jesus, to see young people know their potential, to see young people know who they are in God, to see young people catch the heart of Scripture. Um, chaplains have a way with young people away in in a school setting that there really is no other like I said we're seeing as an impact of the COVID pandemic young people have a totally different relationship now with people in authority a totally different way of interacting a chaplain a person who is just there not to tell them off not to tell them what they can and can't do not to even try and educate them which teaches hats off to you but chaplains are there just to love, just to build relationship, just to, and, and these guys, there's a reason why we get emails all the time about Nick Creef, who's been a chaplain for years. There's a reason we get emails saying, he changed my son's life. He changed my young person's life. It's because he carries Jesus in him. And so he's in this school where they have a lot of hopelessness, where they're hearing uh, people try and put labels on them, where they're saying, you know, they've lost hope for their future or they're feeling uh, a big thing that people are talking about at the moment is the idea of feeling trapped for a young person. And then you've got a chaplain who's building connection with them, relationship with them and genuinely loving them. Who, yes, we know de-escalation techniques. Yes, we know breathing techniques. Yes, we know grounding techniques. They're all awesome. But they're sitting there going, Holy Spirit, speak to me right now. They're there with a young person saying, all right, Holy Spirit, what's your heart for this person? Okay, Holy Spirit, help me see beyond what they're going through. And they're able to sit there and give love and give the heart of Jesus and see that young person beyond where, where you know, and I sit in staff rooms with teachers. And of course, you know, it makes sense why they talk about young people in certain ways. This person will never amount to this. This person is, don't even try with that person. And I hear the teachers talk about this and I just am so grateful to God that I know chaplains in the Sutherland Shire who are in there saying, that's not how I see this young person. That's not how God's created this young person. And are they actually creating connection, loving them and going, Holy Spirit, I I need you right now to speak to me. What does this young person need? 2 Corinthians says, it is, we do not fight. We do not fight only in the natural. We are fighting the spiritual warfare. And we have people in schools, we have chaplains in school who know what it is to fight the spiritual fight, who know what it is to pray for young people, to love young people in a way that only someone with the heart of Jesus can. Chaplains, they're the answer. Yeah, come on, Liz. Can we give her a hand? I love it. Jai, you are a brand new chaplain and we, we think you're amazing. Oh, thank you. You, you're incredible and just really in the short time you've been in the role are just having such an impact. Um, you really could have done anything this year. 
Why did you choose chaplaincy? So you're at Menai High, right? I'm at Menai High School, yeah. So um, it's true, I could have done anything, <laughs> I think, with the Lord, I guess. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it is good, Jackson, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I, it was really just the Lord. Like I, I was really like asking him, like, like, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And I was in this, I was in this full-time nine-to-five job. I was a social media manager for a company in Peakhurst. Very random, straight out of school. I don't know how I got the title manager, but it, it was there. And um, yeah, and I was just, I, it was one of those jobs where like your morning drive to work is like, oh God, thank you. Thank you for this job. I'm so thankful. And then like a few, a few months later, you're like, God, please help me. Give me strength to get through this day. I'm just like, oh, I just started to dread it. And it really like drained me just just um, that, that specific nine to five job. And then one day I was driving to work and um, I, just, I just had these pictures just randomly just pop up in my mind. And it was, it was just these pictures of me going into a school and just seeing young people touched by, by the words that I speak over them and, and seeing young people's lives transform by what, I, what I'm saying. And I, I just was driving and I was like, what? Like, I haven't thought about this since I was like, you know, like a while ago. And then I, um, I got to work and I was like, you know, God, sure. Like, I'm not enjoying this. So maybe you want me to do this in the future. And <laughs> turns out he did because that day I got fired. And I was like, well, God, it's more of a recent future than I thought. So I was like, wow, okay. So it was in lockdown, I got let, let go at the start of lockdown and I was like, I'll, I'll admit I wasn't the best at the job because I wasn't liking it, but it's, the Lord is faithful and he's, re, he's a redeemer, he's a restorer. So just like <laughs> this think, year's restorer. I think we've all had a fiery yeah. story, haven't we? Yeah. I think we've all, and it's a place of best fit. Can I ask you though, right? Yeah. So in this current role that you're in, there is, there's real strong parameters on you, but we, we talked about before um, this panel that God really laid that scripture on your heart about faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. How do you honour the parameters, but you bring that into schools? Yeah, so like, it may sound corny, but love is seriously the most powerful thing, like ever, like, if you look at God, He's obviously the most powerful being there is. And God doesn't say, I have love. He says, I am love. So when I go into school, my mission isn't, oh, I want to speak to this many kids today. Like, I want to check off my list and like, oh, yep, yep. Like, you're good. Like, I've spoken to you about mental health. Yeah. Like, I want to go in. I want to walk in every day. And I just want to be like, okay, my mission is love. My yeah, mission yeah. is to love people the best I can. Yeah. So when I, when I walk in, I'm just like, okay, God, like fill me with you because you are love and I just wanna overflow with your love and I wanna overflow with your goodness. So when I'm speaking to these, these students, when I'm speaking to these, these people that just have no hope, like there's a story, um, I'll share a story of there was a, a student, I asked him to come in. Um, I'm, I'm like one of the, you know, cool chaplain teachers because I get to take kids out of class and I'm like, what class do you want to go out today? And they're like, maths. And I'm like, sweet. So I take him out. It's, it's a good, it's, it's great. And I, yeah, I took him out. And I was like, hey man, like, like how are you going? What's, what's going on? He's like, yeah, like head down like this. And he's like, yeah, 
Like I got kicked out of my dad's house today, uh, yesterday. And I was like, what? Like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, like, what do you mean? It's normal. Like, it's like, it's a common occurrence. And I was like, it doesn't have to be. Like, that's not something that's meant to be a common occurrence. Like, that's not something that's, that's really common. And I was just like, like, wow, like, like you, you need hope. You need love. Like, you, you need the, 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 like the Spirit. Once you're filled with the Spirit, then the fruit of the Spirit comes out of you. So as I'm filled with God, then when I speak to people, that fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, just comes out. And I'm able to, to speak with love as my agenda and not, hey, I want to see your problems like fixed like in this span of time. Hey, I want to, you know, make myself look good in front of the principal. Hey, I want to, you know, do this. I, my mission is is to love people. And when, when I love people, when I speak to them, I just want to infuse them with hope. So as I, as I spoke to him, I was like, man, like you're amazing. Like you, you have no idea how strong you are. Like just going through that and that being a common occurrence, like I'm so sorry that that's happened um, to you and that's your lifestyle. But bro, like you are seriously like amazing. And there was, a, there was another student, um, at the start of each year, we get a, a list and it's called the Students of Concern list. And it has a bunch, it just has, it has a lot of students' names because there's a lot of concerns, sadly, um, in, in schools. And, and I just saw this one student and he's, he's 13. And it just said, this student lost his father and his stepfather. And my heart just broke. I was like, wow, like this, this kid is 13 and he's lost two father figures in the span of just 13 years. And he, he doesn't know what real love from a father looks like. And, and I'm just like, I, I can't be that father figure to him, but I can show the love that the father's given to me and I can outpour that in to him and I can speak words of life. I can speak words of wisdom over him, words of, words of life and words of, words of God's, God's glory. And I just, I just go, man, like, wow, like, you're amazing. Like I just speak those words of life, speak hope. Because so many kids have just lost all hope. Like there's no hope. When you speak to them, their heads down, they're like, yeah, like it's just another day. Like it's another day. It's a, it's a mundane day. Like I'm used to being disappointed. I'm used to, to having these suicidal, depressed thoughts. And I'm like, no, like this isn't what your life That's has right. to be. And I get to speak Come that. Come on, and I'm just Joy. so privileged that I have that, that opportunity. That is incredible. Can we give him a hand? That, that's what it's like living the Spirit-filled life, right? It's, it's like that is being Daniel in Babylon and having an impact. Um, Nick, you, uh, in fact, we might get the keys up as well. You, you have, you're, you're a veteran chaplain. Like Jai's. Jai's right on the, in the beginning of his impact in schools. You've now been at school and my nephew's been impacted by your ministry. Um, You've been there for over five years now, which in the life of a child is almost a school career, right? In a primary school. Can I ask you, what's the power of consistency with the chaplain being there? I remember when I first started, Pastor Tim praying over me on like, when we had the prayer nights at the start of February every year. And he just said like, there's gonna be a time when students reflect upon the impact you had on them years, years after you've worked with them. And I took, I've, and I remember hearing that prayer, and it was one of those prayers that you go, it's going to be a, like, a, like a hallmark prayer that's always going to sustain you. 
Um, and it's only been recently where I've seen the faithfulness and I've seen my consistency of being in students' lives when students will come back to school when they know I'm at school and go, hey, Nick, this is what's happening in my life. They'll shoot me an Instagram DM and be like, hey, actually, what do I do about this situation? And then at school, I've worked with their brothers, I've worked with their sisters. So it's like, they just come in and be like, hey, I know you've helped my brother, I've known you helped my sister. I, how, can we, how can we excel? How, how can we actually achieve a great life? Because a lot of, like Jai was saying and Liz was saying, so many young people go, there's a bar and the bar's so low, so it's so easy for them to get disappointed. And I believe growing up in this youth ministry as a teenager, I'm like, oh, heck no, you need to come to our youth ministry because I know there are, there's like 40 leaders that are going like, to make sure you have the best life possible. So it's just consistency in staying in that position of like, hey, I'm a safe person. I'm a trusted person. You can come to me. I love that, which has huge impact because kids are watching. Will you be here tomorrow? Will you be here next year? Will you give up on me? I know personally of people that are praying for children, grandchildren, and Nick has been the answer. We've had them in our family. You know, you, you have just been, and I love the consistency. And, and really, it, it takes grit. And it takes the Holy, sticking with the Holy Spirit and going, this is the strategy for this generation. This is one of the God's strategies. Liz, you know this generation well, and these chaplains are amazing. What these, I mean, we could, we could go all night talking stories. What does it mean, like Moses' mother? She, she had faith for a child because she saw generations beyond him. What, it, what does it mean to have a faith for a generation? Having faith for a generation is just simply catching Jesus' heart. (laughs) You just spend time in the presence of Jesus and you can't not because His heartbeat is just to see His Kingdom come on earth and we can't see that unless the next generation catches the fact that they're called, unless the next generation catches the fact that God has a plan to do. And and so catching our heart for this generation, having faith for this generation is simply going to Jesus, catching His heart for it. And then honestly, we really can't afford to not. We we will not see what God wants to do on earth unless the next generation knows what they're called to, unless the next generation get a fire in their belly for the things of God, unless the next generation are are the ones bringing their friends and testifying to the goodness of God. To have faith for the next generation is to just get in the presence of God and to say, do you know what, Jesus? Maybe I can't be a chaplain in the school, but I'm gonna lay down whatever I can to see it happen. Maybe I can't be here on a Friday night at youth, but I'm gonna lay down whatever I can to see it happen. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna lay it all down because the next generation need to know who you are. The next generation need to know the Name of Jesus and they need to have a fire in their belly for the things of God. That's having a faith for the next generation. I love it. Hey Church, can we thank these guys? And as we do, I want you to take that card. Just as we we thank them, can you take your Miracle Missions offering card in your hand? As the band comes up, you know, it's easy to just see it as another offering, but it's not, it's an ark. You know, we've been talking this month about the Noongar Bible. It's not just another Bible on my shelf, another translation. It's actually somebody hearing the Word of God in their language. Not a second language, but like the guy in the video said the other week, 
God loves me and I'm preaching it in my own language. You know, birthday in a box is not just a present in the life of a child. It's actually an ark. God expressing that there is goodness in the world, even in dire circumstances. You know, in the discipleship networks of Central Asia with our Islamic brothers and sisters, it's not just another project or another life group. It's an ark because God actually cares what's on the other side of that. Can I just say tonight, you're giving as you hear from the Holy Spirit, as you, just like these guys, I love that, that Jai heard from the Holy Spirit. Like, this is what you want me to do. This is what's gonna make the most impact. You know, in, in God's eyes, uh, a big conquest of a foreign army and the hiding of a baby are actually exactly the same thing in His mind, if done by faith. If you will take the time to listen to what the Holy Spirit would have you do, I promise you, there will be a by faith moment for you. And it won't just be received by the recipients and, and God is gonna do miraculous things with this offering. I, trust me, the world is primed for what God is doing in the era of missions. He's moving. But you know, as you partner with the miracle, the miracle happens to you too. I want you to take that card tonight. And there's a whole lot of ways that you can participate in this moment. They're up on the screen. Can I just say, just practical mention, uh, all dollars received in this offering go directly to our missions work. We're very, very transparent. So you, you will have received a brochure in the, the, the weeks gone. Every project and every partner we're involved in is outlined in the brochure. We've talked about it. There, there's no curveballs or surprises. It's completely transparent. This is the only offering that we don't benefit from as a church. This, this has got nothing to do with paying staff, turning lights on or anything like that. This has got everything to do with our reach, the, the love of God reaching outside of us and what we experience on a Sunday. Also, if you are giving online, um, please make sure you reference it missions. We are scrupulous with our handling of what comes in. This is people's worship. This is your by faith moment. And we wanna know that this is where you intended it to go, to mission. So if you are giving online direct deposit, please mark it mission. What I wanna do is we wanna take a moment because I do believe the Holy Spirit is speaking. God's stirring hearts, God's birthing dreams. God's giving you a by faith moment right now. And we're gonna take a moment just to consider, fill out the card. If you need a card, you can pop your hand up and our host team will assist you with that if you need a pen. Um, or if you're giving online, you can do that now. But I want you, just as the worship band, just play some instrumental worship music in the background, just to give you a moment of privacy. I want you and the Holy Spirit to have a by faith moment. And then I'll be back in a moment to pray for you as we receive our Miracle Missions offering tonight. Hey, why don't you stand with me? Why don't you grab your card? If you're sitting with your spouse, why don't you grab their hand? And why don't we pray over what is given? I, I believe a miracle will come out of this Miracle Missions offering. You know, if there was ever a time where the world needs to hear about the love of Jesus Christ is now, God, 
We as Your people, we come before You, God, and we just thank You, God, that You are on the move, God. We refuse to look at the images, God, and accept that You're not moving, God. We have a reference point, God. We have faith in a God that always has a creative plan, God. And we thank You that You have a designer label plan for planet Earth right now. Lord, I just thank You, God, that Your Word says that You want justice to flow like a river, God. And of course, Lord God, it's flowing out of this house, God. Lord, You want Your love to touch lives and schools in Jesus' Name. God, children that will receive birthday in a box, God. Lord, Noonga Pete, Noonga speaking people that will read of Your love, God, through this translation, God. Discipleship networks in Indonesia, God. Street children that are transformed by Your love in Africa, Jesus. And the list goes on. Children in schools, God, touched by the love of Jesus through a chaplain. God, we trust You. And by faith, God, we give our offering. By faith, God, would You receive what we're giving? Would You take it, God, multiply it, let it cause a miracle on the earth. And Lord, we will give You all the glory in Jesus' Name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.